Hello and welcome back to another episode of Off the Crossbar Podcast with Regan Walsh and Brad Morris in which we discuss everything that's happened in and across the world of football. But before we get into this week's episode, make sure you like and subscribe whether you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify or Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from. And as I said, I'm joined by Brad and what a weekend it's been, full of drama and stories all over. Depends how you're feeling, innit? I'm in a sombre mood, obviously. Or should I just, yes. just say I'm in mourning? <laughs> oh, genuinely, I've yeah. actually forgotten how long it's been since I've been positive on these podcasts. I feel like I come onto a recording every single time. I'm just talking about something negative that's happened. So they just felt like the combination. Yeah, I'm starting to feel the same way with you now, actually, after this past weekend. Uh, results. However, before we get on to our two clubs and their talking points, um, the last game that has happened in the Premier League has to be a big talking point. But it was between third and fourth place, uh, West Ham and Liverpool from the London Stadium, and it got off to the worst possible start for Liverpool, conceding a goal within the first four minutes. Allison spilling the ball into his own net. I mean. What on earth was he thinking? I don't think it was a case of him spilling into his own net. Like, the corner was a pretty good one. If, or if anything, it was just a case of something that I noticed all game, and it was that Alisson just couldn't deal with Mikel Antonio. Yeah, he seemed to really struggle against Antonio, which is absolutely What I know, if you noticed, he was... Any, any time I caught it, he was too busy just being focused with pushing Antonio away from him. Yeah. I mean, all that's doing is just distracting him from the ball coming his way. Oh, exactly. It's case in point. Like, leave the defender who's on Antonio to worry about Antonio. You just concentrate on the ball coming in. Don't think about anything else in that situation. And if he does that, then he's not going to be panicking like we saw a few times during that game. Yeah. Like Antonio in that situation isn't thinking about hitting it in. He's there to distract the goal. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And he did that job perfectly. Like yeah, he did it that, twice. Yeah, and it worked, like you said, absolutely brilliantly for West Ham in that sense. Um, but if we're going to talk about the rest of the game after that goal, Trent Alexander-Arnold is having himself a good few weeks now with uh, Liverpool. Yes, and it's always like we forgot how good he was at free kicks. Yeah, because this one was just up there with one of his best. Oh, right 100%. in the top bins as well. It made it just perfect. Yeah, really uh, lovely to see from Trent. It's one of his first goals uh, from a set piece in a while. I, I don't actually remember the last free kick he scored. Yeah, that's why I said it's been a while. We've almost forgotten how good he was. Mm. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, um, he manages to get another assist. Like He's just really in great form for this minute in time for Liverpool. And obviously... It's what they need uh, to have that just one bit of bright spark who can just contribute uh, towards the goal, whether it is occasionally knocking a minute himself or putting in the crosses for other players to get onto the end to. Because they're obviously going to score the goals with Salah doing some great runs like we've seen this season against Manchester City and Watford. But other times you do just need to put the ball into the box and let someone attack onto it. And Trent's putting in some absolutely beautiful balls this season. Wow. Okay, I feel like at the end of the day though it's he's a defender yeah 
and what did Liverpool appear to struggle with today it was of course their high line which we've seen so many times in the past and West Ham took advantage yeah I the mean, amount of three balls they got over just they're lucky they only scored three yeah um, I mean genuinely when I've seen some of them three balls I was actually thinking back to that game against your Aston Villa last season when they did the exact same thing of pressing with a high line and they just got caught out when uh, the balls were playing over the top or uh, some really good through balls and it just makes you think like it's a Claren Blue thing isn't it well yeah Claren Blue team is away from home Liverpool can't defend at all but it is worrying to see that happen a few times because say if one of these more clinical teams than West Ham today yes they did score three but say if you come up against someone else that can easily put six seven like Villa did last season to him that goal uh, difference is going to start harming Liverpool in the search for this title again I feel like it already is mm. but then again maybe they're lucky that the likes of Chelsea and Man City are dropping points as well yeah I mean they are the league's top goal scorers but if you look at the goals conceded uh, between themselves Chelsea and Man City it is a bit of light and day because Chelsea have only conceded four this season in the league that is Man City have conceded six and then Liverpool have conceded 11 so but like you say this weekend um, Chelsea obviously being the team that have dropped points is also not too bad in uh, Liverpool's search for another title no it's no it's not I did not wrong yeah but let's speak about West Ham because they're having such a phenomenal season this year. David Moyes. Are they in the title race? Yes. At this minute in time, yes. Yes, they are. I mean, they've won four on the, uh, four on the trot now. Nine goals scored, only three conceded in these four games. Looking absolutely magnificent this season. He's just got on playing his style of football and it's worked brilliantly because... It's basically a more modern day of what he was doing at Everton. Yeah, and it's even more commendable now because of where he was. Yeah. The downward spiral that Manchester United caused mm. and proceeding to go to Sunderland, which didn't work out, they got relegated. And then he went to Spain looking for something different. Again, that never worked out at all. And then he has the spell with West Ham. And it's worked out. But it's ill more because that first spell didn't go particularly great. It wasn't obviously the best. Like it's light and day difference comparing the two spells that he's had with the Hammers, but it was still a good enough spell with them. Like he kept them in the Premier League, which is obviously West Ham's first um, point of charge at that time of where they were as a team. But nowadays they're looking to progress up and be more of a consistent European team. All I remember is fans couldn't stand him from that first spell. They thought, oh, the football's terrible. You know, there's no ambition. Mm. But look how much has changed. And it's, yeah, no blame Oh, yeah, it's a completely different uh, side of the story it, now for him. If anything, there's only one way to describe them. In the words of Bazinga, they're just massive. Oh, absolutely massive now. It's just incredible to see them uh, doing so well this season and are definitely in the title race as things stand. I hope they're in it come the end, if I'm honest. Honestly, that will be... We're due, we are due another Leicester-like story, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, it's what, been seven, eight years now since the Leicester 
uh, winning season? Yes. Six. Six. Well, it'll be seven years, now, I think, next year. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is absolutely good to see a bit of a mix-up with the top uh, four or five teams in the Premier League. Um, it's. Do you know? I just want David Moyes to have success, not just for him, just to piss off Manchester United fans. <laughs> Uh, but there's enough pissing off Manchester United fans already anyway <sighs> I mean should we talk about it no honestly it, it, it's literally a choice now of, of which depressing thing do we want to talk about first uh, well we might as well continue with I'm United as I have alluded to them now um, I mean I'm, I'm happy to bear my soul <laughs> <laughs> Saturday lunchtime what an embarrassment just absolute pure embarrassment dismal defending off the mark it was uh, I, I don't know what to say anymore I really don't like, daring just you can't defend anything anymore no on the pitch and off the pitch anything everything we did on that day apart from the Haya making some phenomenal saves was piss poor like Five at the back. Sorry, I have to step in here because uh, you're lucky that without some of his saves in the first half that you weren't out of it like you were against Liverpool. Oh, 100%. Like, the fact there was nearly two own goals from our centre-halves in that first half made it I was even worse. There was a point where United had more shots at their own goalkeeper. I think it, we had more shots on De Gea than we did Edison throughout the whole 90. How does that happen? I have no idea. How could this happen? <laughs> Everything about it was wrong. I mean, playing five at the back, then with two... Well, it was supposedly like three defensive midfielders, so Greenwood and Ronaldo were having to do the whole attacking work. And everything about it was just wrong. Bruno Fernandes is horrendous at the moment. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't want to be defending, because you could clearly see that a lot of the time during that first half. He wasn't uh, tracking back or tracking his man. He was just stopping around the centre circle and that made uh, Fred and McTominay do more work than they were capable of I mean let's be honest Fred can't do much work in that Manchester United bloody jersey Um, but yeah it was just everything about that game was just awful for United fans to see and again I'm not surprised there's question marks over Ollie's future and like I said I'm not going to be calling for a manager to be sacked but it wouldn't surprise me if over this international break he is sacked and the United moved on. But at the same time, you've got to look at it from an outside or from Man United's perspective. Does Edward Wood really care who he gets in because he's gone at the end of this year? And if Edward Wood brings someone in and then a new technical director or director of football comes in his place uh, come the new year, how do you, you know, he doesn't want to change managers straight away? Yeah, you just have to say at this point, why do you think they could send you to stick with him? You've got all these managers being sacked left, right and centre. And yet Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is still in a job when his form has probably been just as bad as those who have lost their jobs. Yeah. How is he coming through this? I wish I knew. I really did wish I knew. Like, it is becoming a sense of bafflement now and I genuinely think he must have some sort of like crazy release clause that was inserted into his contract over the summer when he signed that extension until 2024 that makes United bosses think 
we shouldn't be sacking him because it will cost us. I completely forgot about the extension. Yeah, that's why it's gone wrong. Mm. You know the rules. You do extensions all that, and they probably don't really deserve it. It always comes back to bite them. Yeah, and it's been case in point this season for United so far. I mean, I like you can't after watching that game, the whole ninety minutes. I can't tell you what Man United's best eleven is, and what identity he's trying to play with. Because in the last three games, he's changed his formation every game that we've played, and it's just like it's confusing to see. Like you're eleven games now into a league season, you should know what your best eleven is and what your best formation and how you want to play. Yes, you might tweak it a little bit for certain teams, but it should be pretty simple. The core work. Of what you got to do. Yeah, sorry, I was just getting glaring similarities. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's. Um, but hey, it's it's okay. You know why? Why? Because they're gonna call in the big guns now to help out. Have you seen the Tyson Fury? Yeah, is offering his services. I did see that <laughs> video earlier on this morning. Actually, it did make me chuckle a bit. I mean, get him and Roy Keane into that Carrington dressing room over this international break. They'll start playing like actual fucking footballers. Then I'm just going to say Tosa Fury knockout. On it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. And it's a joke. Yes, um, it's a tricky period for United after this international break, though, that we are now on. So they got Watford first game back which, if Ollie's still in the job, is 100% a must-win, because if he loses that, he has to go. And then... I'm sorry, let's face it, he's not getting sacked. No, and then... In this international break, they would have done it. And then two games after, away to Chelsea on the 28th of November, and then we start uh, December with a home game against Arsenal. Now, if we lose them two games, like we're already so far off the mark in terms of... uh, behind the leaders in uh, the total race we're nine points behind Chelsea already so if we lose another two games that's potentially 15 points off the top four uh, the champions or potential champions as we'll say for now and we're only just starting December that's a worrying sign and no manager should be like no manager of a, at a club that quality should be safe yeah, yeah. Your template came last season. You should be trying to make sure you do everything as possible that Chelsea did. Mm. Look what Chelsea did. They got rid of Lampard at a time when... Oh, I'm trying to think. Lampard needed to be sacked. He clearly wasn't capable. Yeah. With the, especially after the amount of money he spent. Almost similar to Solskjaer. Yeah. Obviously he spent a lot more. Mm-hmm. But Solskjaer's in the same boat. He's spent over 100. Yeah. They, they won the Champions League. Yeah. And still finished in the top four. Because didn't they finish third or fourth? Yeah. And you got to be like, United aren't in the position Chelsea were. But United are... Sixth. Fifth. Fourth. Sixth. Fifth. Sixth. Yeah, I don't this weekend's <laughs> results. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's... It's a, it's a season that's still salvageable. Oh, 100% it's salvageable. But it need Like, it is one of them where you like... He does need to be sacked to get this on road and have a season like Chelsea did last year because otherwise like I said it could be absolute carnage and we find ourselves 
in a position where we're looking at Europa League or the Europa Conference League and you shouldn't be doing that you should be looking title top four do we wrong with the Conference League I'm sure Jose Mourinho is enjoying it <laughs> Uh, well, there's one manager who won't get to see it anytime soon, and that is Dean Smith, who was sacked on Sunday after Aston Villa's defeat to uh, Southampton on Friday night. We talked about it in the preview show being, is this really last chance saloon for Dean Smith? And it did seem to be the final nail in the coffin as he has been sacked. Yeah, I can't wait to this, having all these notes on the match. You know, I I had a planned segment which we could still do after this if you want to. Okay. <laughs> I'm very down. It was quite funny, but yeah, the, the whole match is just pointless to talk yeah. about. After the news, yeah, he's he's gone. Three years after the best the best manager that I've seen in my lifetime at my club. Better than uh, Martin O'Neill. Maybe not in terms of the success. Obviously, Martin O'Neill three straight six places, but I was mm. young then. Like I didn't understand now I'm at an age where I, I understand it. I've just lived so many good yeah. memories with him as the manager. I mean, Germany. This man, he, it's not even like any other manager. This guy came in when we just needed someone that was going to lift the place. Just make it worth watching again. And we were for- In the three years he was at the club, he took you to a League Cup final. He got you promoted in the Premier League. He's kept you in the Premier League. And last season he built a really good team and you finished in the top half, didn't you? Was it 10th or 8th? I can't remember. No, oh, it was 11th. 11th. I, knew, like, I think you started to falter away like the last few games of the season. Um, but it looked really promising and you thought this summer they're going to build on this and we said it in our prediction show at the start of the season, this Villa team, uh, they can really be like a force in the top half of the Premier League table. And then it just seems... I know no one wants to say that like you're a one-man team, but the loss of Jack Grealish has really hurt you. I know that's the main narrative. Well, yeah, I don't want to admit that that's the main cause. It's just obviously it's a yeah. big thing, but no club should rely on one person. Oh, no. And I think you got to look. Um, uh, your team this season and the defensive mistakes that uh, Mings, Matt Target have made just a, uh, a few of them Like I'm thinking back to the very first game of the season and Matt Target just got absolutely destroyed it's a weekly base isn't mm. it with Matt Target it's just, we were talking about him being an England international last season and now it's he just... wouldn't even get a look in at any level of England no, like we we have said this on a past episode, not longer, but yeah, it just feels like a bit of an end mm. of an era. You'll feel this soon when Ollie's sacked. Don't worry. Yes. Um. But, uh, we've gone from just. I, I feel like I'm going to miss what was coined as Smith Ball for yeah. a while. It's just good football to watch. The, the, the memories, man. It's the mm. memories. But the best watch the best game of my life in person with him as manager. Yeah. The best I've watched the best Villa game on telly with him as manager. Just so many memories. You know, his last win for us was that one nil against United. That feels a long time ago now, doesn't it? Something. I don't Christ. Honestly, if you'd have told me right, you got to you can you're going to beat Man United. 
it gonna lose five games there after that and the manager I'd have said yeah. fuck that <laughs> I don't want the United win um, looking at the early favourites this is according to Sky Bet uh, Steven Gerrard is one to one favourite at the minute um, I don't see that happening then we've got Denmark can I, can I just add because I know you're going to go for the options but honestly I'm, I have no thoughts on anyone yeah. right now at this point I don't I'm not thinking of it except for one and that is Steven Gerrard I'm not sure I want him. No. I don't want someone that will almost certainly be using us as a stopgap to a bigger yeah. job. Like I feel like he's do, doing the same thing with Rangers. Like, yes, he's won a league title there last season, but this is like his first step into management before he gets that Liverpool job, which we all know he wants. Like, there's no hiding the fact that he wants the Liverpool job when it's available. Like, he, he, he'll just move around clubs once... He decides to leave uh, Rangers until that Liverpool job becomes available for him. Yeah, and as for who he is, I've got no mm. idea. You could riff off all the names you want. I, so I'll I go through know. a few more. We've got... I don't want it to be. Like, I don't want a sideways move. And a few of the names that I've heard feel like sideways yeah. moves. So also on the list, you've got Casper Schumland, who is the Denmark national team manager. There's uh, Graham Potter, Ralph Hasenhutl, John Terry, Frank Lampard. Paulo Fonseca, and we'll finish off with Nuno Espirito Santo. That the the list that you've just read there, like one bloke. Is, is it a, the only one that I would say I feel more than okay with? And that's John Terry. I'm not even joking. Yeah. The rest of them come with massive negatives. Mm, I mean. Let's think about it. John Terry, he only left the club a few months ago. He knows everyone at the club because he left after the transfer window, didn't he? Yeah, but losing him for all we know is really affected oh, the squad. Like he, although he wasn't playing much towards the end of his time there, like he has that leader and winning mentality that needed to be instilled into that Aston Villa team. And it definitely helped you out massively in that season uh, when you got promoted. And I think he would be like it, the team wouldn't need much adjusting. It wouldn't be like that awkward transitional period. Yes, he might implement his own tactics and all that, but I don't think it'd be too like a wayward push into the team. Where I feel like someone like Gerard or Casper Hjormland, I think it would just be like a big transitional period for them. Like I want the next manager to be someone who will still keep the balance of the good attacking football that we saw mm-hmm. at times, but also a stable defence, which we've yeah. not had. Um, so your next two games, we don't know if the manager or whoever the manager is going to be uh, is appointed. You've got Brighton at home is your first game back, and then Crystal Palace to end uh, November, so that's an away trip for you. And then the start of December, your first two games are at home to Manchester City and at home to Leicester City. Yeah, so even then the, the new manager comes in, it probably will take a while to mm. get going. The worst case scenario could be that the first victory comes against Norwich, which is a long time away. That's middle of December. Yeah, it's a month and a week away. This is the 14th of December, as you can away at Norwich. Yeah, I'd be concerned if we didn't have someone in my Brighton, because then that just tells us, oh, they didn't have a plan here. Yeah. So that's six games away if you don't appoint someone until Norwich. 
by the way. Yeah. And that, that is basically the higher-ups have got to get this right. Mm. Otherwise, questions are going to be asked. Not of the owners, but more, you know, like, sort of Christian Persler. Yeah. Because he's escaped the criticism at the moment, but I don't know how much longer that's going to last. be very interesting to see what does happen with uh, this next uh, managerial appointment for the mm. Villa. If and if there's if I just if we end this with Smith because mm-hmm. a lot of the outside perspective from some people is this is harsh but we should have gave him the time but no sorry but this isn't the first time we've had a bad run under him yeah the change was necessary but at no point has he ever been a terrible manager mm. he walks generally he walks into every single championship club yeah I wouldn't even be supposed to be got another Premier League job. I'm just hoping it's not the other one that's available. I'm honest. Well, there'll be no fan that looks on his time at Villa and says, you know, he wasn't very good. Every fan's going to say, well, he got us back where we belonged. Mm. And he helped us stay there. It's just a shame it ended in the worst way. Yeah. Well, it's football, isn't it? Definitely so. Um, speaking of the other job that has become available in uh, the Premier League, well, let's say you were going to go. I'm actually going there later with something. Okay. So we'll just leave it to that. If we want to end it with this, this is the way to end it because can we do that segment? I need a laugh now after that. Right. <laughs> right. So did you see in the Southampton game? It's the only comedic moment of any like talking point. It was when the note was being passed around the players. Yes. Before a corner. So this segment I call "What was written on that note." What have you got for us? Because I can't think of anything at this minute in time. I only wrote down one thing. Ah. <laughs> I just, uh, right, so I, I genuinely think it was knock knock. Who's there? Not me, because you're going to get me fucking sacked if you carry on with the way you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very witty. Um, uh, do you know what I actually think it could have been? I've just got two that have come to mind. One half of the page says, Pass to Axel. And then the other half of it says, keep playing this shit and you can go back playing under Ali. <laughs> oh, Maybe it was actually just as simple as stop playing shit. I mean, you didn't concede afterwards, so... Bit of positive <laughs> in the notes, <laughs> I guess. Oh, God knows. Honestly, that's when you just know so it's not right. Yeah, the notes being handed out they needed it's the end of the time. If there's hope for someone, I hope is they got left that door. It's this set pace coach. He, I, I don't know. <laughs> Danny Murphy was right, who knew? Jesus Christ, don't ever give him that much credit. Please don't ever. He may be right. Who needs set pace coaches? Um, I feel like a lot of teams do. But let's not <sighs> rush to give know. Danny Murphy any praise anytime soon, for God's sake. <laughs> no. Oh, I feel like I can't retract it now, it's too late. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, should we go for the best of the rest? Yeah, oh. Right, I'm just going to give you the notes. First one, uh, how dare Daniel Farker win a game of football? I mean, it didn't matter for him because he was gone. That, that's why I said, how dare he win? Yeah, I think that's... A... You get sacked if you do that. Yes. Uh, Norwich. <laughs> 2-1 victory over Brentford, who... 
their two last two games have been very surprising by their standards. Do you know what? I'd really be thinking about this. Is it actually that surprising? Norwich been in a game this season. Yes, yes, it is. Well, that that part. But is it surprising that they beat Brentford? Mm, no. Who was the better team last season? Norwich. True. Am I reading too much? Like Brentford definitely have a better squad. Oh, hundred percent. And I don't know how the two fared against each other last season, but you know, you just think Norwich may be just the better team. Yeah. Or just how they've just got something on them. The way they Although don't. I, I had read a lot, so I'd read a lot that apparently it was like one of the worst wins like ever. Mm. Uh, but obviously, like we said, that wasn't enough to keep Daniel Farker in the job, and uh, Norwich have announced that he is no longer the club's manager. And over this international break, they'll be looking to find his successor. Five points off safety. Only scored five points. <laughs> Should I say Steve Bruce <laughs> or Neil Warnock? I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see Neil Warnock go there, though. Let's be realistic. It wouldn't surprise me if Warnock goes there. For the pure banter of just retiring at the end of it, give it Neil Warnock. <laughs> Oh, what be even funnier? Brucey comes in, and on the last day of the season, he relegates Newcastle. Oh my god! Could you imagine the scenes? Well, maybe, but I might have to be too worried about him relegating us instead. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, elsewhere. Should I, to, should I go to the next part? It's just me. You don't have to say anything. I just want your thoughts. But well, I, just I still have questions. to say something. Well, yeah, but we're limiting ourselves here. We've already been just speaking for half an hour. You want less time on these podcasts. <laughs> okay, continue. Well, uh, has Aubameyang not watched many minutes of vids with Ben Foster? Obviously He scored 10 penalties this... past Ben Foster and Alba couldn't score one. Yep. Only player in Premier League history, or Arsenal's Premier League history, to miss more penalties for uh, uh, for Arsenal is Ian Wright. But he did take uh, a few more than uh, what Aubameyang has. But yeah, it was a poor penalty from Orba. The weekend we both put him into our fantasy fucking team. I was going to get to that later. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like it's a bloody curse now. The last three strikers I've had in my fantasy team have just gone dog shit the first week. Yeah, like the points don't come from strikers anymore. No. But more on that later. <laughs> yes. If anything, uh, many mints are over Aubameyang. <laughs> yes. Maybe Chris MD can go in and get a, give him a bit of advice. He's an Arsenal fan. Sure. Uh, let's continue speaking on this Arsenal game for a second. Mill Smith Rose form recently. Yeah, uh, probably due an England call up. Yeah, I think many are surprised. It's, that he hasn't it's, been it's weird up. because maybe like, we're almost blessed like, a little bit too much now with mm-hmm. England. Yeah, it could yeah. be a similar <laughs> problem to what our midfield midfield situation was like in the early two thousands when you have the likes of Skulls, Gerard, Lampard, Carry, Hargreaves. Um, just well, Hargreaves made that decision easy because he was always injured towards the end of his career. But yeah, um, phenomenal form from uh, Emil Smithrow, and hopefully he does get a call up soon as Arsenal continued their good surge this season. After a bit of a shaky start, they're going to be ahead of United at this, right? I mean, they are currently. 
Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> How was your manager still there? Don't ask. I've ran out of you've you've ta- options. You have become Arsenal. Please don't ever say that again. <laughs> facts. But uh, I'll tell you what also is facts. Um, I hate Burnley Football Club. Yep. Agreed. Why do they always do this? Just why? They didn't deserve that what they got. Nope. Still hate them. Get rid of them. Relegate them now. End the it's season. Not gonna happen. With them gone. They they sneak results out of nowhere. It's just. Ugh. It's ne- it's not good to watch though. It's just like just go. I don't want to see you be gone. And don't come back again. It's just ugly type of football when they just like. Chelsea clearly dominated this game throughout the whole 90 minutes and then they just get that one stroke of luck and moving on to the next ball um, so Antonio Conte can't help Harry Kane either nobody can help Harry Kane yeah like, I've no thoughts on that game whatsoever uh, the only thing I have seen or if not for it but it's a stat is that uh, since the 24th of October so uh, two weeks ago at 3pm Spurs haven't had a shot on target in the Premier League and there's been over 165 shots on target in the Premier League and Spurs haven't been a part of any of them Mental <laughs> Yeah uh, Final thought So which Liverpool player is Eddie Howe going to sign for Newcastle first? Well, I'm thinking it's a Belgian player can play up top Mr Divacarigi I'm going to guess well, I had the same option but they're, they're definitely slapping a £30 million bid on him oh 100% <laughs> like, he scored today be... so he's probably worth a few more it, that would be such a typical Newcastle signing bringing in Divacarigi mm. do you know what I think they're going for if it's not Origi they're definitely putting 40 on Oxley Chamberlain yeah Again, that is something that also wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Right, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's all I've got, horse-wise. I know there was other games, but yeah. research the score launch yourself, you lazy bastards. <laughs> uh, international break has changed you already, and we haven't even officially started it yet. Oh, we've already got plans for that, don't worry. Uh, European highlights, then? Got a few... few uh, yeah, I've got well, one. I'll, I'll, I'll go through this again. Well, I'll go through this and you give your thoughts again. So, uh, have you heard the breaking news? Uh, what? Yeah, apparently an unknown aircraft made a U-turn out of Spain last night upon its arrival in the city of Barcelona. Hmm. Hmm. So, can't think what, uh, what would have happened there. But, uh, wouldn't have had anything to do with Barcelona throwing a 3-0 lead against Salta Vigo. Like, surely not. Yeah, I think it might have done just how the gift that keeps on giving this club I mean I don't even know what to say I mean also looking at the stats here now they picked up four yellow cards in like the last seven to ten minutes of the game 88th minute Busquets got booked and then three in stoppage time and then they've lost Eric Garcia through to injury Ansu Fati to injury as well as Osman Dembele already being injured is Chevy going to have any fit players by the time he takes over for their next game? I'm, we'll start predicting when Xavi's going to have a mental breakdown. I think he already bloody has, after watching that game. This is not the time for him to be coming in. 
God no. Just absolutely God no. I mean, mm. still ninth in the league, level on points with Valencia and Espanyol. They need a miracle. Yes, more than that. Uh, sticking with Spain, mm. how receiving do you think Diego Simeone was seeing Atletico concede twice in added time to draw with Valencia? From the same player as well. Hugo Duro scoring both. Oh, I would be absolutely livid if I was Simeone conceding two goals that late on from 3-1 up to drawing 3-3 in stoppage time as well. It's just, oh my God, absolutely fuming. He's definitely slapped a few of them, isn't he? If not all of them. <laughs> uh Italy. Um, is Jose Mourinho finished? I was going to ask you the exact same question. And um, if today's result is anything to go by, then yes. Yes, he is. Because, again, 2-1 up, losing 3-2. To the Serie A Davisons. Yep. You probably yeah. have the best kits in football at the minute. I'm just going to oh, say did, that. Did, did you say that? I think it was their Twitter. Uh I think I might have done, I can't remember. Beaten by a fashion brand. That's what they say. Brilliant. Fantastic, and yes, well, their uh, kits are amazing. Yes. I've also got a... Um, well, I have, to, go on. I have a question to do with Germany, because in this week's edition of What Are You Doing Here? When the hell did Freiburg get into the top four of the Bundesliga? I don't know. Well, you mean you've not been keeping up with their third? No, and that was even after only losing 2-1 to Bayern Munich. I have no idea when they all did they get third. They've been having a well, pretty good... Yeah, I might be wrong, but I swear they've lost once all season from the back. What was that the other... Uh, was that the weekend? Pretty sure, yeah, that was their first loss. Jesus. They are a team in surprise form. I don't think anyone was expecting that from them. I don't usually like down near the, the bottom. So we've got a yeah. nice little Leicester thing going in the Bundesliga. We've also got something else going. I mean, getting a Champions League spot because, I mean, Bayern Munich are still running away with the league title. I mean, they've scored 40 goals after 11 games. So Yeah, if Dortmund are anything to go by, they're not challenging anytime soon. God, no, they're not. No, but if there's not last thing I can add to the last European hype, because Bayer Leverkusen did make a bit of history. If you saw, they brought on two of the youngest players to ever make their debuts in Bundesliga history. And they brought on uh, Ika Brava hmm. and Zidane Sertdemir, both 16 years old. Brava was born in January 2005, and Cirque de Mer was born a month later in February 2005. I feel fucking old. You feel fucking old. I feel ancient. 2005. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Are we that old? I, I hate stuff like this. <laughs> this, this is the first time I've probably felt like an old book. I'm 25. No, it's happened. 
<laughs> it has happened to me a few times already and I've seen like some players in both the men's game and women's game come on and they're like 16, 17 years old and you're like they were born in 2005 and like that wasn't 16 years ago that was 5 years ago not 16 how am I at 22 feeling old welcome to the club oh god this is really downhill from here isn't it I mean don't make this worse by saying who actually is the youngest player to ever make their debut Please, no. Oh, yeah, I'm going to say it anyway. It was the Dortmund striker, Yusuf Makoka, last season, when he was yes. 16 and one day. I do remember that. Oh, oh God. Such a Let's damn, get back to some more positive Such, such a damn why is that in this podcast, though, because I don't have anything after this. <laughs> well, um, like you said, we're on to the international break now. Oh, I don't give any worse. <laughs> Yeah, I actually have. Um, be interesting to see can England finish off uh, with a great record qualifying for next year's World Cup. Um, Club-wise, it'll be interesting to see who the Villa and Norwich get in as managers and what happens with Ali, if anything at all, over this next two-week period. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> yep. Yeah, do you want to get to the predictions league then? Try and yeah, find some um, positivity. So, well, I mean, there isn't much. So, two of the games are, as a recording, still going on. So, we can't give you the full scores there. But um, Crystal Palace Wolves, I got one point for prediction. A Palace win, you get nothing for it being a draw. Both wrong with Leeds Leicester. Uh, both wrong with West Ham Liverpool, although we were nearly spot on, actually. With one goal off because we both we both said 2-2 two, two. Well, I don't think we were that close <laughs> let's be honest it's still te- it was still technically one goal uh, hey, look not all of us can Leipzig get perfect Dort- predictions yes as you did with Leipzig versus Dortmund however if this was last season's uh, predictions league I actually would have at least got one point for predicting the scoreline right are you telling me that I've fixed the system no you've broken it because you're winning now it's not me, it's the algorithm. Mm, is it? It's out of my control. Is it really? I doubt it. I feel just like just tell Dortmund to, to stop being shit. Yes. And I mean, if things carry on in the Milan derby, you're also currently getting three points for that. Because it is currently 1-1. One, one. Uh, but yeah. It's not going to happen now you've said it. Do. <laughs> You do have uh, a current lead over me as uh, uh, this weekend's, and then in terms of fantasy, again you'd be getting that extra point as you've got thirty-eight, and I'm on twenty-nine, or got twenty-nine after this weekend. Speaking of predictions, we can make a very obvious one for in two weeks when we record and say, "Who? What are the changes have made in fantasy this week? Hmm, wonder what it'll be. Is it Pierre and Rick Aubameyang being transferred out by both of us?" Uh, who do they play next? I'm not actually sure. Well, if they're playing a top six team, then yes, yes, I am. They're yeah. playing Liverpool. He's definitely going. <laughs> oh, he's a hundred percent going. Jesus Christ, he's, <laughs> he's going. He out of here. It was nice knowing you, Pierre, but you've got to go. Time's a go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we uh, will be back this week. Uh, uh, can on I have other thoughts from the weekend just to try and? Like salvage any positivity because we had mentioned uh, Neil Warnock when he's available uh, sacked from Middlesbrough 
the they drew with West Brom. Like <laughs> confusing. Uh, it was he, always going to happen. I think any, regardless of any result, if that was that wasn't a victory, he was gone. From what I know. Yeah, it was the speed of it. It was like barely an hour after the game had finished. Yeah. Uh, if he if he, he doesn't get like the Norwich job, then he he probably retires. So. Yeah. Thanks for the memories. Yes, and hopefully we get to the see referees can now anymore. sleep easy. <laughs> <laughs> but also, if I uh, add, lastly, on the FA Cup first round that we've seen this weekend, because bit of a bummer. <laughs> Just no. Well, well, there has been a shock. It came very late, only an hour ago from when recording mm-hmm. as that happened. Uh, Saint Albans beat Forest Green by three goals to two. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about one of the games that took place on, or briefly mention one of the games that took place uh, over the weekend. Halifax Town versus Maidenhead United. I knew I forgot some up. Yeah. 7 4. <laughs> Carnage. <laughs> Did the defenders not turn up for that game at all? Genuinely, what the I think. What's going on? I had final score on. They started speaking about FA Cup games when it was, I believe, 5 3. By the time they ended, it was 6-4. <laughs> it's, just... it's just fucking ridiculous. Genuinely nothing else to say apart from ridiculous. Um, right, as I was going to allude to, we are back on our Thursday show this week. Uh, we're we? talking all other things. Cause no, because I think you got this wrong because it's international break. What is that software? Yes. There is. But we have a different plan. But yeah, we're still doing a podcast, aren't we? Yes, obviously listeners don't know what that podcast is, but it's a discussion on certain competition that we can get a lot out of, just for its moments. So won't say much on it, but first one will be out later this week. Make sure you tune in on Friday when it will be released. Or Thursday, depending on how quickly Brad is at editing it. It's probably going to be Friday. I'm a very busy man this week. <laughs> Uh, but like we said at the start, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, follow us on Twitter as well at FTC Pod for all the latest news and stories from around the world. And just endless insults at me, apparently. <laughs> there wasn't any this week. That's weekend. all our Twitter is now. I do nothing with it. It's just you, just adding me every single. It was quite fun to enjoy it while it lasts. But hey ho, you can pile it on me over this next. I, I could have. We have to suffer with international break. Well, I could have said something, and uh, you just. I'm nice. Uh, You're just an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll see you uh, later on this week for that very special episode that Brad was alluding to. And until then, it's goodbye from Brad. See ya. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you soon. <laughs>